Okay, Antonio Brown is now in Oakland. So let's redo our top 15 wide receivers for 2019 fantasy football. Let's go. Okay, so now that we know that Antonio Brown is with the Oakland Raiders with his new fat contract that gets him $50 million over the next three years and I think over $30 million guaranteed, where do we rank him and where do we rank the top 15? How do we rank the top 15 wide receivers for 2019 fantasy football? Well, I think uh, nothing's changed for my top two. DeAndre Hopkins is number one. I don't think you can go wrong here. He's getting better with Deshaun Watson maturing and coming into his own. I think that you're going to only see bigger numbers out of DeAndre Hopkins in 2019. He's probably going to be the most consistent wide receiver. And we'll see what uh, what Houston does. If Houston brings in Le'Veon Bell, that's only going to make DeAndre Hopkins even harder to contain and double team. So who knows what Houston does in the 2019 NFL draft and free agency that makes DeAndre Hopkins that much better and more dangerous. So by far my top wide receiver, I shouldn't say by far because Mike Thomas is not that far behind him. Uh, Mike Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins are my, my top two wide receivers. I think they are probably the closest thing to locks in my opinion that we've had in, in a number of years. I think that both these guys, if you want to go wide receiver, wide receiver in your fantasy football draft, uh, first first of all, you probably can't do that with bookend picks of your 12 and 13, uh, your, your 1.12 and your 2.01 because uh, DeAndre Hopkins probably won't fall that far. But if you do have like a late, middle to late first round pick and you think you can scoop up DeAndre Hopkins with that pick, you might be able to trade your second rounder up in some kind of trade uh, and grab both those wide receivers and take that approach of wide receiver, wide receiver in 2019. It's not a bad approach. You can win a ton, a ton of different ways in fantasy football. So don't let anybody tell you you have to have a running back in the first round or you have to have a running back in the second round. Or if you don't have a running back with your first two picks, you're dead and you can't uh, recover from that. That's crap. You can win a ton of different ways and everybody has their strength in way that they can win and the, the way that makes them the best teams year after year. I don't do well drafting tight ends early in the first, you know, 25, 30 picks overall. I'm not saying I can't win that way, but I'm saying that for me, I walk out of a draft and I don't like my team as much. And I feel like I have holes that I can't fill as easily with that route. Doesn't mean I can't do it. It doesn't mean I haven't done it, but I don't like my team. And I think I build a, a better team going with a different approach and trying to find that next elite tight end like David Njoku uh, in in Cleveland. That's my approach. That works for me. It doesn't mean that drafting a tight end is bad. And I think that's the one thing that pisses me off in this industry. And when I see people, especially sites and writers, but even just regular Joes talking to each other in forums, uh, especially on other forums, I won't mention them, where there's nothing but negativity infecting the group. But there's a few of those out there, very common sites where people gather. I won't say names. But I think it really pisses me off when people rip on each other's opinions and tell somebody else that their opinion's wrong. This is this whole thing, the reason we play the game is because everybody has a different opinion and a different take. And the worst part is when somebody tells somebody that their strategy's wrong. Or you can't go into a, a, a draft drafting a quarterback early. Or you can, you have to take a running back in the first you know 20 picks or whatever. I just think it's really idiotic and it's it's just plain stupid for people to take a hard stance on something that is very subjective. So the wide receiver, wide receiver 
strategy is very good if you are good at landing late running backs. If you can get a stable of, of running backs, especially in dynasty, or, or I'm sorry, in in uh, especially in redraft, when you can get a bunch of those rookies cheap. In dynasty, it's hard to get rookies. Rookies, uh, rookie running backs are very, very you know costly. But in redraft, uh, so pardon me, I meant redraft. In redraft, you can scoop up a bunch of rookie running backs and stash them on your bench when you take a wide receiver, wide receiver approach. It's an awesome approach. R- rookie running backs are amazing in those roles on redraft rosters for people t- attacking fantasy drafts in this fashion. I love that approach. Mix in, you know, the the Tariq Cohen of this coming year. Tariq Cohen might actually be a decent value this year, but those types of players that people don't see coming, Tariq Cohen was on our bold predictions list last year, I might add. So we're good at finding those gems for you if you do want to take this approach. SleeperU.com, we're all about being bold, bold predictions, finding the hidden gems, being ahead of the curve. We land running backs like that. So if you want to take that approach, it's it's an awesome approach to take because Michael Thomas, back on point, and DeAndre Hopkins are about as locked and loaded wide receiver, high-end wide receiver ones as you can get. So you want safe, you want tons of points in a PPR format. If you're in point per reception format, these guys will score you the amount of points you need to win every single week. And if you pair them with a Patrick Mahomes somehow, because he might fall to you in the third, I'd even take Patrick Mahomes, even without drafting a single running back. Now, I'm a little bit crazy, some might say, but, you know, it's proven that I can, it's proven that I'm crazy. It's proven that I'm also able to win year after year and provide bold predictions and land them. I mean, check out sleeperu.com and look at the testimonials. Last year, Patrick Mahomes was number one on the bold prediction list, written before any other prediction, written actually before the season even began, before January even hit of that offseason. And James Conner, another one of those you know sleeper running backs that we help people land, was number two in the bold predictions. So we, we know a thing or two about being ahead of the curve and going against the grain and ruffling a bunch of feathers. And you would see me draft um, uh, Hopkins, a Michael Thomas, and a Patrick Mahomes without getting a single running back. That's the kind of strategy I take because I want to land the James Connors. I want to, this year, land, my prediction is, Jalen uh, Samuels will be another sleeping giant just like James Conner was last year. And, you, you know, you get a starter of that caliber if he did rise to the starting lineup in Pittsburgh to mix in with a Patrick Mahomes, a Mike Thomas, and a DeAndre Hopkins, and you are sitting pretty with a couple rookies, one or two, which could land. That's kind of how I build. Now, that's a challenging way to build. Do not get me wrong. If you're the kind of fantasy football drafter that you draft and you don't really check in much and you just kind of let your team, you know, kind of ride through the waves without you, that is not this approach. This is for the crazy, avid, free agent, machine trader type person, this approach that I'm talking about, the wide receiver, wide receiver, because it takes dedication, creativity, and a lot of hard work to get yourself into a running back situation that helps support the very stacked wide receiver and QB approach that you've taken if you take uh, Hopkins, Thomas, and Patrick Mahomes.
that's uh, honestly, the more I talk about the strategy, the more I want to, uh, use it and then write on it, get people all riled up because people hate against the grain type stuff. They just hate it, but we aren't just stabbing in the dark here. It's a awesome strategy. If you like landing sleeper running backs, which we absolutely do. I absolutely love it. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to do a podcast on it and I'm going to do a write-up on sleeperu.com about it and I'll do a video at thefantasyfootballshow.com and on youtube.com slash thefantasyfootballshow. You can find a lot of our content on Instagram at thefantasyfootballshow. But I love that move. Back to the rankings. I think you can really flip a coin. (laughs) Well, you can actually just put these three guys in a blender. Uh, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and uh, Devontae Adams. You could argue Adams is the number three. He was the most consistent wide receiver according to a lot of consistency data in 2018. So it is very hard to argue against him at the three spot. I'm not trying to disrespect him uh, by not ranking him by default at number three. He is in that blender of three guys. So uh, Beckham, uh, Julio Jones, and Adams, I think you can't go wrong with either of those guys. If you want to avoid a little risk, I think letting Julio fall to the fifth spot and moving uh, Adams and Odell up is probably a safe move. If you want super safe, I think Adams is your number three. Odell Beckham Jr. has a lot of upside to get you know, 12 to 15 TDs. Well, so does Adams um, and some big yardage, uh, but he also comes with a little bit more risk. So I'd say use the consistency data from last year, the number one wide receiver in consistency as your safety net type player at the three spot if you do want to go the safe route. Um, so the next player, number six for wide receivers, folks, this is where I think you start considering Antonio Brown. And I know a lot of people want to push him outside of the top 10 because he's annoying. He's dramatic. He's a diva. Um, he causes all kinds of problems in the locker room, uh, causes all kinds of problems with his antics on and off the field, but he is still the Antonio Brown that we all loved putting in our lineup that scored us amazing amounts of points. He hasn't dropped off yet. So it's kind of hard for me to rank him that far down this list just because he landed in Oakland. The thing to remember with Oakland is, yes, they may lose some games, but they'll still move the football. And Antonio Brown is a lot better wide receiver than than Amari Cooper. I have saw a lot of early reactions to this uh, signing. I, I've looked at tons of posts and comments, and I've been all over Instagram uh, comments on this and, and you know trying to gather as much data as I can to, to try and speak to you guys and tell you what the public, the like vague ADP data, if you will, from comments and suggestions and reactions, what that ADP data is looking like because it's my job to tell you what everybody's thinking before you know you see it in drafts and things like that. So my initial information gathering suggests that his ADP is going to remain around the bottom of the second, maybe even early third, but probably bottom of the second, which is about where it was before the trade happened. But I think that that a lot of the reaction is that, oh, I can't believe Oakland did this for a, a, an older wide receiver that you know I think Cooper's got more value in the end. I think that's crazy talk. I like Cooper. Cooper was on the bold predictions list two years in a row. He failed the first year, failed me big time, crapped the bed, 
And he almost crapped the bed again last year until he got traded to Dallas, where he's been revived. But I think you need to rank him safely and be cautious with him and not put him as your number one wide receiver in 2019, unless you're going to take a you know stacked running back and QB approach and go cheap at wide receiver, then he makes an okay wide receiver one. But, you know, in the general sense, I don't think he's an elite wide receiver one in fantasy. Um, Antonio Brown is. I don't care if Antonio Brown just has two years left as that elite fantasy football wide receiver one. Two years is a long time. I've had dynasty leagues that crumble after three years of existence because typically in dynasty, one or two or three or four teams end up, you know, sucking. And then they end up quitting and saying, you know, pulling the old, oh, you guys, I got to leave the league because I have too many leagues and a lot of work commitments and we're having our, you know, fifth baby. Uh, so I can't play anymore. And then they, they back out of the league and the league can't find any replacements. And then before you know it, the league shuts down and closes. How many of you have that kind of situation or have had that in the past? So playing for five, 10 years down the road is not very smart in dynasty. In my opinion, definitely plan for the future, be active in free agency and trading and buy low ahead of the curve. That's what we do. Sleeperu.com. I have the website for you. That's where you can get that information. But it doesn't mean you can't play for the now and play for next year. And Antonio Brown, you know, trade him before his value tanks down the road. But right now, he's got two elite years left, at least. He's a special wide receiver. And I don't think he's lost a step. I think he's going to be just fine. Um, But as I was saying, Oakland is not going to be as bad as people make it out to be because Antonio Brown can get open differently than Amari Cooper could. Mari Cooper is dropping everything left and right. First of all, Antonio Brown doesn't drop everything. And Antonio Brown is an amazing route runner that can make plays for his QB, whereas Antonio or Amari uh, Cooper needed to get the, the ball delivered right to his hands so he could drop it. Antonio Brown is special and is going to make whoever's thor- throwing him the ball, whether it's Carr or whether it's uh, Murray or another QB that they take or a free agent, free agent QB or a trade, maybe they pull off another trade. Who knows? I think that Oakland can reshape themselves very quickly in the eyes of fantasy football players. So it will be fun to watch if, and I'm not saying they have the room for it or they can make it work yet. I have to look at the cap numbers now uh, with Antonio Brown there. But what if the Raiders somehow got Le'Veon Bell? I, again, don't know that that's even possible mathematically. I'd have to, again, look at it. But if they did, if they moved money around, money can be moved around in strange ways. The cap can be manipulated in very strange ways. Uh, but if they landed Le'Veon Bell or they made a huge trade for a quarterback or they got Murray, I mean, do people start saying that Oakland now is not that bad? So to me, I think all the risk is already on the table. We know what the risk is for for Antonio Brown's value and Antonio Brown's future. I think he's at his, his you know, bottom of, of risk. It's all factored in right now into his late second round, early third round value. So that's great news. When a stock tanks and you believe that stock has a lot more upside to go back up than you buy, right? So Antonio Brown is at his low. I don't think there's any surprises other than an injury or something, which you can't predict or worry about at this point. So I think at this point, it's safe to go in and buy because you either get what you're paying right now via trade or draft. Let's say you have some crazy early draft in Dynasty, which happens. You know what you're getting at this value and and you only have upside above you. So for me, in Oakland, the situation could only get better from what it is today. 
And I think Antonio Brown could climb right up into the top five wide receivers, uh, but I would just wouldn't pay that value. I want that upside built into my, you know, eight to 10 wide receiver value if I can let him fall that far. So number six, Antonio Brown's right there for me. Uh, Mike Evans, there's an argument to make him number six and make Antonio Brown seven. Uh, Tariq Hill, uh, you know, earlier, my first reaction was that Tariq Hill was, I think, still ranked ahead of Antonio Brown. I think in Dynasty for sure. But in redraft, you know, I'm kind of on the fence what, which, as to which wide receiver I'd rank ahead of the other. I think Tariq Hill is the safer pick. So if we moved Antonio Brown, let's say, below Mike Evans and Tariq Hill, you'd have Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and Devontae Adams. And you can have Adams at number three if you want. Then you have um, Tariq Hill and, and Mike Evans, and then Antonio, Antonio Brown at number eight. I think that's a pretty safe place to rank Antonio Brown, even though I rank him right around six or so. I would take Tariq Hill ahead of him because I could probably trade Hill for Antonio Brown and some. So really, there's a, a strategy you would deploy if you were in a position to get Brown in a draft. You want to make sure you're drafting around his ADP. Where's, where's, where are people taking him? Where do people value other players that you could trade for or away? All that needs to be factored in. You don't just take a player where you rank them if the ADP data and all of the things that you're looking around at suggest that you can you know, get them at a different value. So there's your top eight. And then after that, Wow, it, it gets to be more of like that blender situation. You have Juju Smith-Schuster ready to rock and roll in 2019, being uh, Big Big Ben's main target. And you're going to get, I think, more people on Juju Smith-Schuster's bandwagon than you're going to have people off. But I think the thing you need to factor in, if you you are thinking, well... Without Antonio Brown, he's going to get focused on. They don't have Le'Veon Bell. You know, even I have, I have doubts about James Conner, but they still have Jalen Samuels. Together, the duo mixed with Big Ben and Juju, these are three really good players if you count Conner and Samuels as one. And the offensive line, these three, the core of this team is still better than a lot of NFL teams have. So I don't think, you know, while Big Ben may not have the numbers he had last year or the year before, or, you know, he could take a dip, he's still going to have a good year. And Juju is still going to be able to get open and not be double teamed left and right because Washington can stretch the field. And and they're going to have such a good rushing attack. You can't double team Juju all the time. Plus, Juju Smith-Schuster is one of the quickest, uh, speedy little guys in the NFL. I mean, he's not that little, but he's speedy and quick and shifty. And he is hard to contain and guard. So he's going to find room cutting across the middle constantly. He gets open and he's got wheels, man. And I just think that for anybody to say that he's not going to have the same success because Brown's gone, he might have more success because he's going to get targeted a ton more. And yes, he will get double teamed at, on occasion. And and being the focus uh, of a defense, you know, at least from the passing side of it, the fact that he's going to face number one corners. Yeah, all that changes a little bit. But Juju will get open and he will have a big, big season in 2019. So he's easily a 9 to 10 overall ranked wide receiver. I have him ahead of Cooper, Thielen, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, uh, T.Y. Hilton. That's kind of you know heading into the, the 10 to 15 range. So after uh, Juju at 9, you have Amari Cooper and Thielen. You know, which one do you rank at 10? 
A lot of people are going to say Thielen, and I understand that, and I think it's not a bad place to rank him. He's a guy that has more upside, but he has a little risk, and I think that is factored into that value at 10. A.J. Green, is he going to be healthy? If he looks like he's going to be ready to go, I have A.J. Green probably at 10 before Cooper and Thielen, but that's me. And then Keenan Allen, and then at 14, T.Y. Hilton, who's always undervalued. And then right there, it kind of drops off into the range of players that you can't really consider wide receiver ones by any means, but they have upside to kind of flirt with wide receiver one appeal or wide receiver one numbers on occasion, but they really belong in the almost middle wide receiver two area. And that's Robert Woods, Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, and a guy I really like this year that I think is falling way outside the top 20 wide receivers, but has appeal to easily be well above that is, is Chris Godwin. I just did a video on Chris Godwin and I uh, checked that out on YouTube. Check it out on Instagram, youtube.com slash the fantasy football show. And on Instagram, you can find me at the fantasy football show. I love Godwin this year. Great value. Tyler Boyd's going to get targeted a lot. I, I do doubt that since the offense um, led by two inexperienced coaches at offensive coordinator and head coach and the fact that Andy Dalton's coming back from injury and not a very good quarterback, in my opinion, going to be a struggling offense at times, but they're going to throw a lot in the third and fourth quarter. And I think uh, Tyler Boyd has some big upside. Kenny Galladay's his offense is shifting to a run attack, more of a run, run, run type environment in Detroit. But Kenny Galladay is the number one there. There should be enough targets heading his way to make him have a big season, maybe an eight-plus TD season and some big yardage finally. Calvin Ridley, I think, could flirt with high-end wide receiver two numbers. If Julio does struggle with injuries, you'll see him post big games and then have some good games and some big games. And in the end, he will have a monster season. A great wide receiver to wide receiver to have in like a total point league because if he does have some ups and downs based on Julio's health he's going to in the end have the stats that are going to be monstrous. Stefan Diggs I think gets closer to Thielen's value in 2019. I think Thielen's still going to be the top wide receiver there but Minnesota is going to gear towards the run as as Detroit is and they showed that at the end of uh, 2018 when they they had some great success running Cook a healthy Dalvin Cook, who I think is going to be a top five to seven running back in 2019. So that kind of tops out the top 15 wide receivers. I think we went a little even went a little further than 15, but it's an exciting deep wide receiver class, uh, group this year. I think the top 15 are very deep, and I think uh, yeah. So my my takeaway here with this podcast is that don't be afraid to go wide receiver, wide receiver in 2019. Don't listen to the doubters of that approach. And don't be afraid to get crazy like me if you've got a secret weapon like sleeperu.com to help find you the hidden gems at running back because that's uh, that's going to be the key to success to some of these out-of-the-box type approaches for your draft and team building. 